We want to uh, talk to you on a subject called Dodging Defilement. And we'll find that Dodging Defilement and Daniel. And over the next course of the next probably eight sermons of the morning, I'm going to be preaching from the book of Daniel. So you can read ahead of me. There's 12 chapters in the book of Daniel. We're going to be preaching different sections up to around the 10th chapter. And Daniel's a very interesting book. It, it, it requires, it's got prophecy in it. It, uh, it, it shows commitment in it. And uh, it's just a very interesting book. And, of course, Daniel was under the law. We're under grace. When you're in the New Testament, which you are and I am, and we're the New Testament church, before Jesus came, they were under what was known as the law, the laws of Moses. They had rituals. They had things to keep up with, religion, stuff like that. Today we're under grace, which Jesus said he fulfilled all those things of the law. So keep that in mind. But in... Um, want to ask the question basically how do we dodge defilement isn't that a good that's a good question to ask yeah. and we're going to see what daniel went through but there's defilement there's defilement outside there's defilement inside and we live in a world of total defilement basically uh, there's all kinds of different things in the world that we live in and uh, you know we're living in a world where there's sex trafficking gambling uh foul language thieves murders all these things Besides all this sin, uh, as Christians, a world quickly turned its back on God, isn't it? Amen. And we're saying we're turning back on God. Peer pressure can lead to defilement. It's a big thing in schools today. But uh, being under the pressure to perform, do different things, can lead to defilement. So one of the things we need to ask, you know, what I'm about to do, does it exalt God or does it not exalt God? You know, the decisions I'm going to make. Do they have eternal consequences? Or temporary consequences but so how do we dodge defilement and the word defile is a it's to make in, unclean or impure basically that's what it means but they are at least five types of defilement in the Old Testament one there was ceremonial defilement you could be ceremonial unclean um, and according to Leviticus 2 there's ethical and in, in Ezekiel uh, defilement. Three, there's physical defilement, uh, uh, songs. Uh, five, three. Four, there was religious defilement in Jeremiah 3, 1, and sexual defilement. But the purpose of the Old Testament laws about defilement was pre to preserve the holiness of God's people. But the Jewish rabbis turned these laws into a legalistic system, right. basically, that emphasized ceremonial uncleanliness while ignoring spiritual purity. So that was a difference. So Jesus actually reversed these things in this situation by emphasizing the need of moral purity and ethical living. So what we're about to look at, what Daniel was under, was a religious Law, ceremonial, unclean to him. But in Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. If you don't know where Babylon at, that is modern-day Iraq today. King of Babylon unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Means he tore it down. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with part of the vessels of the house of God, the God, basically, which he carried into the land of Shinar, 
to the house of his God, which is remember it's a little g, a false god, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God, a false god. And then verse 3, And the king spake to Aspidaz, the key master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel. See, they were hostages. So he said, You bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom there is no blemish, but well-favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science. And such as had ability to them to stand in the king's palace, of whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank. So nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishkiel, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. And I'm going to talk to you about that in just a few moments. He gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to um, Mishael, Meshach, and unto Azariah, Abednego. But we're going to focus on this verse 8. And you know what it says? But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful to look at these words that you've given us. And Father, defilement, to speak about defilement this morning. And uh, Lord, how we live in a defiled world, but how we can stand out and above that with Jesus Christ as our King, our Lord, and our Savior. And Father, open these up and that it, we encourage the Christian, encourage those who don't know you to become Christians. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So dodging defilement. When we look at these words, and Daniel had purposed in his heart, is what he said is, I purposed in my heart that I would not defile. What Daniel had heard is that the king's meat and the king's wine was sacrificed to idols, right? Was sacrificed to false gods. And when Daniel heard this, and he said, Well, they're eating the king's meat not to the God that I serve, but to a God they made up. And Daniel said, I don't want no part of that. I, I'm not going to put that within my body. I don't want to participate in this. And I don't want to have anything to do with it. So what are we going to do? So in a, he's going to stand up, basically, in a place that, uh, in his environment that he was in. Remember now, Daniel was just a young man when uh, the king had seized Jerusalem and had taken these young boys out of there. And uh, you can find that. If you don't know why that happened, it's in 2 Kings, but in the, it gives us a story of why you read, and you may not have really heard me say that they, the Lord gave them into his hands, right? The Lord had gave them in their hands. There was a reason for that. And in, uh, when we look at 2 Kings, and I'm going to read that real quick, 2 Kings verse 20, verse 17 and 18, it said, Behold, the days come that all that is in thy house that which thy fathers have laid in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon, modern-day Iraq. 
Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall they shall be eunuchs in a place, in a palace of the king of the Babylons. So God gave them over to them. And a eunuch is someone who was castrated. That's what a eunuch is. So they had no desire for any relations with anyone. So uh, the king did this so they wouldn't fool with the other people in the in, in, in the area there. So here's this eunuch. And we get a name. His name's Melzar. And Daniel, he's, he's, he's feeding Daniel. And he comes and Daniel says, Look, Melzar, I just really... I don't want to take of this. This is against my religion. This is against the laws of God because this meat is being sacrificed to idols, to false gods. And said, so I don't want to drink of his wine because it's being sacrificed to false gods. They're making those things. So here he is. He's a young person. So we look at the background. He's a young person. And it's a story of a prisoner He's held hostage in Iraq, basically. Daniel and his friends taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar and a testing time for these young men and their faith to stand up. So we all face testing times in our life, don't we? We all go through times in our life and we have to ask, are we going to dodge something that could defile me or am I not going to dodge something that defile me or am I going to fall into it and just go with the crowd under the peer pressure that I'm under and just go with them and and that way it keep down confusion and everything. See, this could have made a big uproar in the king's palace. But uh, we all face times of testing. So where do we draw the line? And that's what Daniel's about to do. He's about to draw the line. See, he said, enough. This is enough for me. So I'm going to stand with God. So where do you draw the line in that? So Daniel decided to be faithful. When he says to him, verse 8, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor of the king's wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He made the request to it. So as we look at the request, he chose purity of life rather than to compromise his life. And pleasing God became a purpose in his life. Pleasing God was the first thing on Daniel's mind. Amen. First one I got to please is God. When we keep that in our mind, in our mindset and in our heart, we'll not defile ourselves with the yep. things of the world. Right, right. We will dodge those things. We will do what we can to go around. You know, there's certain places you can that you don't have to go, right? So we can dodge defilement. But as we look at this and we see what we're going to look at is Daniel's decisions called for courage. It takes courage to dodge defilement, doesn't it? In a world where you're pressured to perform and do certain things because everybody thinks we're all the same, but we all don't serve the same God. Amen. Daniel didn't serve the same God as Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel didn't serve the same God as the eunuchs. Daniel didn't serve those same gods. He served the God of heaven, and he knew it. So Nebuchadnezzar had the power of Daniel's life in his hands. This was a bold request from Daniel. When he told the eunuch, and said, I don't want the king's meat. Is there any other options of having the meat and the wine that the king has to offer? Now here's the deal. If the king found out he could have had Daniel's head, he could have had the eunuch's head also. Uh -huh. 
very entertaining idea. So Nebuchadnezzar had the power of life and death over Daniel. So what the king had called design, basically, Daniel had called defilement. He said it's defilement. The king planned to control every detail of Daniel's life. He's going to control these men. Remember what he says? He said, I want you to go to the children whom we took captive, the children we've got held hostage. I want you to go to them. He was probably around 16 years old when this took place. And he said, we're going to take them. We're going to prove them three years. And I want you to feed them the, my meat, my wine. And said, I want some of them that's skillful. I want some of them that's wise. I want some that's cunning. I want some that understands science. And got the ability to stand in the king's palace of whom might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision. The king said, here's what you're going to give them each and every day. They come from the king. And that's what they were supposed to do. So the eunuch would have to disobey the king in order to serve Daniel, who didn't want to take part in what the king had to offer. Now, if you didn't take what part... What the king had to offer, the king could get mad and the king could call in others to take you out. Said if he don't want to cooperate, take him out. So Daniel made the request to Melzar and uh, I guess it might have been something like, Melzar, I need to speak to you privately. There's something going on that I got to take care of within me. He said, I do not want to take the king's meat. You know what? It goes back to, if we look at it, what the world has to offer versus what Jesus has to offer. The world says it offers you this, but it really don't give you that. What seems to be good at the time is not good at the time because it has everlasting consequences. But what Jesus says I'll give you has eternal consequences. We compromise and lay down our life like he laid down his on the cross of Calvary. See, he had kind of, what if he said, well, I just got down there in the earth and I'm going to go with the world because that's what the world said we're supposed to be doing. He said, Jesus was different than the world. That's why he hung on the cross for our sins. Daniel's about to compromise. He got to compromise. So the king planned to control every detail of Daniel's life. Refusing to comply with his result would result in death. And Daniel's devotion was to a higher king, not the king Nebuchadnezzar who was sitting in a palace, but the king who was sitting on the throne. And that was God. So he made a life-changing decision and his surrender, the full surrender to his Lord. So we have to go back and we look, who's Lord of our life? Who do we serve? Or will we try to dodge the defilement? Each and every day in the Christian life, we try to dodge the defilement. Now, Secondly, Daniel's decision called for commitment, didn't it? Amen. It called for courage. It took courage to stand up in the king's palace, but also took commitment. In uh, Over in Proverbs 4, we see that he had made up his mind, but in Proverbs 4, there's a word there. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, in verse 23, and out of it are the issues of life. That was one of the wisest men. Proverbs Solomon wrote. King David's son. He said, you keep your heart with all diligence and out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thy eyes look right on. Let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of your feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. That's what Daniel's doing. 
I've always heard stories. Uh, a preacher used to say, said, Lord, let the, the tongue in my mouth and the tongue in my shoes point in the same direction. Because <laughs> sometimes it don't, doesn't it? Sometimes we're going in one direction, we say something else. Or we say something else, and while we're headed in a different direction. We're all people here, and we all have problems. If you don't have a problem, you're in denial. Because <laughs> we all have problems. And you know, they tell me that in counseling, the first step to recovery is realizing you got a problem. Well, there was a problem in the king's palace. There's a problem in our palace here. There's a problem with us. See, Daniel had made up his mind not to compromise his principles. He wasn't going to do it. And I guess it come down to the point that if they just kill me, so be it. I serve God of high. And I know where I'm going. So their destiny determined, their decision determined their destiny, didn't it? He would be known as a man of one purpose, Daniel would be. If you notice throughout the whole book of Daniel, he stood by the stuff, didn't he? He didn't compromise, did he? Remember what they brought against him? We're going to find out later on that, that the uh, people had made a writing to the king. They said, look, we're going to degree king that no man speak to his God. You know what's the first thing Daniel did? Went up to the room, got down on his knees and prayed. That's when he got caught and he's putting in the den of lions. He didn't compromise there. This guy here is not going to back down. He's going to stick by the stuff. No matter what the peer pressure was, he's going to dodge defilement. He's going to do what God told him to do. See, he was known as a man's one purpose. His purpose would be to serve the Lord rather than to serve the king. And in Daniel's mind, it meant refusal to defile himself. That's what it meant. He had determined what defilement meant to him. And Daniel, and defilement to Daniel meant taking part in the king's diet and drink. So he said, this is sacrifice to a God, an unknown God. So I don't want any of it. But he talked to Melzar. He said, I tell you what, if you'll give us pulse to eat and water to drink, and he said, prove us 10 days. Talking about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego after their names were there at the king's place. He said, you give us stuff that to eat. Basically, here's what he said. We're going on a vegetable diet. We don't want no meat. Sacrifice to idols. We're going on a vegetable diet. Give us water. Sneak us some water. And give us the vegetables. And if we don't look better in 10 days, then how be it? Amen. You know what the Bible says that Daniel and his friends ate that diet for three for ten days, and when they came to look upon them, even the king noticed. He said they look better than the rest yeah, of us. Right. Yeah, right. He said, "Why does those those four right there look better than the rest of them?" What would you say? <laughs> you know, well, I don't know. They just they eat a little better than others, I guess. You know, uh -huh. and all that stuff. But that's what happened. That's what happened. See, he was going to be committed. He's going to be committed. This young prisoner had decided to dodge defilement through that. So when we, I told you I'd tell you about the names. Let me tell you just a little bit briefly about the names. In verse 7 of Daniel chapter 1, it says, And who the prince of the eunuchs gave names? And he gave to Daniel the name Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, uh, and to Mishael, Meshach and to Azariah Abednego. Let me just share that this real quick because this is very this was interesting to me, maybe be interesting to you. When they got into the other providence and they was taken captive out of Jeru uh, Jerusalem and out of their um, 
God's country and God had gave that land over to them. And they stand before the king and, and they get new names. The eunuchs had to give them new names. Daniel became Belshazzar in verse 7. Here's, I want you to mention, remember what these mean. Daniel's name means God is my judge. God is my judge. That's what the name Daniel means. If your name Daniel means God is my judge. But the name given to him, Belshazzar, is, means Baal protect the king. Okay, Hananiah was given the name Shadrach in verse 7. Hananiah means the Lord is gracious. That's what his name meant. But Shadrach means command of Aku, A-K-U, which is a Babylonian god, yeah. little god, a Babylonian idol, a Babylonian god. So he was given the name of a Babylonian idol. Uh, Mishael, which became Meshach, uh, Mishael means who is like the Lord. That's what his name uh, means. But Meshach means who is what A-Q is, the Babylonian god. And Azariah became Abednego. Azariah means the Lord is my helper. That was their God-given names. But Abednego means serving a Nebo, a god of vegetation. Do you see where ne King Nebuchadnezzar's mind was at? It wasn't on the God up here. They had their gods down here. Yeah. So he says, you give them different names and their names here. So when, a day, when they give them those names, a Daniel purposed in his heart. He said, I'm not going to defile myself with this dude's meat or his wine. And just keep in mind that the water wasn't fitting to drink in that day, and neither is it in this day over there. That's why they drink wine. <laughs> wine is grape juice, but if it sets around too long, it becomes what? Fermented, doesn't it? <laughs> you take 100% grape juice and it sets around too long, it becomes fermented. So that's what their names meant. So Daniel purposed together. Daniel, together with the three Hebrew captives that he was with, resolved not to violate Jewish law by eating pagan foods that had been devoted to idols. For them to have indulged would have been to honor these false gods. It would have been a big honor. And thirdly, listen, let's finish this up here, is what are you facing that could defile you? Think of that. Yeah, every day when you go out, I go out, I'm no different than you are. There's things out there that I could defile myself with. Uh-huh, yep. Is it something that would defile your mind? If it's something that could actually defile your body? Is it something that could identify with you evil people? What would defile you? Think of that yourself. You know, I don't know, the true believer will value purity in his heart and life and conform to God above all earthly delights and honors. We may fall, folks. Christians are not perfect. Amen. People think the church is perfect, Christians are perfect. That's absolutely wrong. We're not. We just realized we wasn't, so we decided to come to church and do something about it. Amen. <laughs> We're not perfect. Nobody in church is perfect. Nobody's perfect. And we realize that. But there's things out there each and every day that we'll come across. I'm around a lot of folks, people, throughout a week's time that I could even name. There's things that I could defile myself with. There's things I could do that would be ungodly. Do I have the ability to do those things? Absolutely. I've got whatever it takes to defile myself. As a matter of fact, I was completely defiled until I found Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. And he pulled me from the defilement into a place of grace. See, Daniel's under the law. We're not under the law anymore. 
We're under what's called grace. That's the grace of Jesus Christ when we realize we're sinners and we trust to Him and say, look, Lord, I'm a sinner. I realize you died for me on the cross of Calvary. I realize you're God's son. You're God in the flesh and that you died and was buried and rose again the third day. And I believe that with all my heart. That pulls all that defilement out. All right. Now, can I still have the ability to sin after that? Absolutely. Uh-huh. But I'm not sinning against God. I'm sinning where? In the flesh. Right. Because I'm still in the flesh. I'm not, I've been born again, but I'm still in the flesh. So defilement's all around us. It's choices that we make. It is something, is it something that would destroy? When you think about it, when I go through life or step outside these doors, and, and, and what you're facing, could it defile you? Is it something that would destroy your testimony for Christ? So which steps will you take to dodge defilement? See, Daniel stepped way out, didn't he? He stepped way out. And he says, I don't want this stuff in my life. It goes against what I believe in. In my heart... And what God says I should be doing. Amen. See, we have to say, when we, when we stick to steps to dodge defilement, will you increase your time spent reading the Bible? Will you make new commitment to holy living? Will you pray for a greater faith? So how will you or a church be affected if you defiled yourself today on that? So what we want to look at is in, real close, is in Matthew 16, 26, Jesus says this, For what is a man profited? That's man, woman, boy, girl, mankind. If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, and what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What would you give when you defile yourself and and you lose your testimony? Or maybe even that, you lose your life in the process. Where would you go and spend eternity? We have to ask ourselves that. We're in a world of defilement. It's easy to get defile yourself. It's easy to step out. It's easy to say, I tell you what, I'm going to step out of this. I, I don't think I want any more of it. But it's also easy to serve God. Amen. And when you do, God will keep you from those things. Because when you get saved, you get something else called the Holy Spirit. And when you get the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's a leading guide. And it tells you where not to go and where to go. Do you know that? You start going to places, man, I shouldn't be in this place. You know? It's easy for us in life to, in the world we live in, is to defile ourselves with worldly living. But when a day comes, when death comes, it doesn't care what all you done or anything. We see all around us. Famous people still die, rich people die. It's the same as the poor. And what are we left with? Nothing. Daniel chose that day. He says, I want to do this because in my heart, I would defile myself. Right. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there was Gilder Dames given by Nebuchadnezzar, decided to do the same thing. He said, you prove us, you test us. You prove us, you test us, and see what it looks like. Because in, uh, it says in verse 9, Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and the tender love of the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear the Lord my, the king, who has appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse like the children uh, than the other children which are of your sort? Then you shall make me endanger my head to the king. See, there was consequences, wasn't it? Yes. 
And Daniel said to Mezar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let us give us pulse to eat and water to drink, and let their continents be looked upon after thee. And Melzar took away their portion of the meat and the wine that they should not drink, and he gave them pulse. And it says God gave them wisdom, God gave them knowledge and learning and all those things. Now at the days, in verse 18, now at the end of the days that the king has said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king communed with them and among them and found none like, none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azar. Therefore they stood before the king. The king seen none like them. When you're a Christian, you stand out. Right. Above those things. We may fall to things, but we're to stand up higher and to look better than the rest of the world. Where are you at today? Is there things you could have done to dodge the fight? I'm sure they are. But you know what? That's in the past. Right. What's in the past is in the past. You can't change the past, but you can change the future. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you gave us your son that changed our entire life for all of glory. We thank you, Lord to be able to read about Daniel and his friends and how they stood for you. Help us today to stand. Let your presence be known in this place. And God, if anybody needs to make a decision today that they want to get cleaned up, they want to get saved, that today would be the day. Maybe they've been saved, never been baptized, maybe looking for a church home, or maybe today, Lord, it's just that day that they say, today I want to recommit my life to you. Whatever it is, may you have your way in Jesus' name. Amen.